You're listening to Dialed In, a National Club Golfer podcast. everybody welcome to dialed in national club golfers weekly look at the best bets on the pga and european tours um hope you were with us last week for the players championship what an event that was and we'll get into that in just a second but first i need to introduce ncg's form expert the man who's going to pick the winners for you this week barry Plummer. welcome barry how you doing steve um i don't know how i feel actually today um i have a winner Yesterday, Justin Thomas won the Players' Championship. I have money in my bank account as a result, thanks to Martin Matthews' successful tip on this very podcast last week. Um, But I felt a bit deflated at the the end. Um, I was willingly westward over the line, and um, he's a bit of a national treasure now, and he just couldn't quite do it. But um, should I feel deflated, or should I always be happy that there's money in the bank? Yeah, it's one of those dilemmas, really, isn't it? I was doing the same yesterday i mean a lot of my tips that i i put up on the podcast last week were we're sort of fighting for place money really on sunday so it was slightly easier for me i suppose to be wishing lee westwood over the line but you know he just he he goes above and beyond doesn't he what you expect of him and he's he played brilliantly two weeks ago the arnold palmer playing the last group of bryson managed to get a rematch this week final group again and it just continues to surprise people and um, yeah, I mean, I think maybe the steam might run out for him a little bit now, but uh, it was great watching him for those two weeks, really playing well. Well, Lee Westwood is in the field this week as well at the Honda Classic. Daniel Berger at 11-1 to 1 leads the market. Sunjay Im follows in closely behind. Joachim Neiman, Westwood, as we've said, at 20-1. to 1. Adam Scott, Russell Henley, what do you think of the field this week, Baz? Yeah, I mean, it's not the strongest field that we've we've seen, especially after the last two weeks where we've seen quite strong fields. We've been spoiled a little bit. And um, now coming into this event, I suppose players rightly wanting to take a bit of time off as we come towards the business end of this little run, moving in towards the Masters. Uh, so, you know, there's, there's plenty of value in the field if you look um, far enough through it. And uh, I'm quite confident that some of my selections should have a good run this week. PGA National in Florida, obviously the course this week, uh, well known for one of the toughest finishes on the PGA Tour in the Bear Trap. What can we expect, Barry, this week from the course? Well, we know this is a really strategic test. It's not one, I mean, in the last three years, for example, it's not one that we've seen ridiculously low scores winning the event. Um, It's very watery, same as what we've seen over the last couple of weeks. 15 holes have water in play. We know that wind can be a factor. Um, and those really heavily contoured fast Bermuda greens are going to be something that the uh, players will need to get to grips with quickly. But I can see this being a, a bit of a, a ball strikers test. Tee to green is usually crucial as an indicator for a winner here. Um, last three winners have ranked first for strokes gained tee to green. So that says everything you need to know about that. Um, but also a bit of scrambling is a bit of a bonus if, if we're getting up and down uh, from around greens. Last three winners have been in the top five for scrambling. So uh, it's, it's the sort of test that you'd expect past champion, uh, last year's champion, Sung Jae Im, um, to be really, you know, play really well at. And that's obviously why he won. So it's that, that type of test. Yeah, strategic test would also scream Lee Westwood to me as well. And um, he's obviously bidding to make it third time lucky after such near misses in the Arnold Palmer Invitational. 
and obviously at the Players' Championship. A little word of warning for me, um, for anyone looking at him at 20 to 1, would be some of the comments that he made post match yesterday particularly about feeling it a little bit in his legs and then he's um, revealed that he's uh, going to Augusta with his son on Monday and Tuesday in Augusta National not sure it's the greatest place you'd want to go if you want to rest your legs I mean how do you feel about him at 20 to 1 he's obviously in the form of his life um, he's picked up an absolute wad of cash over the last two weeks tee to green um, he's been perfect apart from obviously Sunday at uh, Sawgrass I mean would 20 to 1 be something that um, you'd be looking at considering or would you be worried about some of those comments? I think if he was uh, coming here fresh uh, in this type of field, I'd be all over picking Lee Westwood at 20, even at 20 to one, because like you said, he, he would just suit this text down to the ground. But, you know, Lee um, is, is coming towards the, maybe the twilight of his, of his career on the professional tours. Um, and he's somebody who, as he said, is, He's played a lot of golf. He's played really well over the last two weeks and has been in contention and that takes its toll on your body. Um, so it's going to be one of those where I won't be selecting him this week. Um, I wouldn't be necessarily surprised if he went and played really well and got close again, but he, he doesn't really have enough value based on those comments um, uh, this week for me. So a sense from the way that you're talking that you're steering away from some of the market principles. So why don't you introduce your first selection to us? Yeah, so I've gone for Taylor Gooch uh, as my top selection this week, 30 to 1. Uh, had a really good week at the players last week, ended up finishing tied fifth. And he was, he was in contention, actually, all the way down that sort of famous back nine. Uh, so, you know, he's somebody who, when I looked through the market, I saw his name and I thought, you know, that's someone who, who could be quite interesting. Uh, he made three out of four cuts in this event so far. Uh, his best finish at um, the PJ National was a T20 finish. He's had a few good finishes this season so far already. He's been fourth in Houston and fifth in Vegas. So when you add that to his fifth place finish last week, he's got a number of top fives, which uh, indicate he's playing some good golf. Uh, we talked about this being a, a ball strikers course. Last week, he was sixth for strokes gained approach and 12th for strokes gained tee to green. And he actually posted four rounds under par, which in itself is impressive at what is a really, really tough track. Uh, this is a weaker field than last week. There's not re a beat around the bush with that. So I think that um, he will be definitely looking at this as an opportunity to get his first PGA Tour win. I'm going to pair up your next two selections because they keep the theme running in that um, both of these players, like Taylor Gooch, were in and around it at some point at TPC Sawgrass. So give us a reasons, or give us some reasons, Barry, about why you think this is going to be the, work, the week for either Chris Kirk or Doug Gim. Yes, yeah, so I'll start with Chris Kirk at 40 to 1. Um, we know after he, he gave an interview this week and spoke about the fact that he, he took a break from golf in 2019 due to some personal issues and he's really starting to enjoy his golf again, uh, which is great to see. And it's evident in the, the finishes and the performances he's put in. He shot a 65 in round two last week. And although he fell away a little bit over the weekend, he was in contention again, just as he was the week before at the Arnold Palmer when he finished eight. Uh, a number of weeks ago, uh, back in January, he was second in Hawaii. So he's showing signs of getting back to the form that he had back in 2015 when he was playing really well. Um, he actually won on the Corn Ferry Tour last year. So that winning feeling is going to be back fresh in the memory, uh, which is something which is important going into an event like this. Um, he, his last three months, his strokes gained tee to green has been respectable, 21st ranked uh, for strokes gained tee to green. 
And I mentioned that creativity around the greens. It was sick for strokes gained around the green last week. So he's definitely got the ability to get up and down when it counts around these uh, tricky holes at PJ National. Moving on to Doug Gim, slightly higher price at 55 to 1. Now, uh, Doug Gim has really announced himself on the PJ Tour in the last few weeks. He's had two really solid efforts at the Arnold Palmer and the players. Uh, both of those events had a similar trend in that the first three rounds, he put himself right up there. Um, so much so that he actually played with the players' champion, Justin Thomas, in the final round yesterday, which I'm sure will have meant he would have learned a lot from that experience. But those trends have uh, fallen away slightly, shot an 81 in the final round at the Arnold Palmer and opened up with a 41 on the front nine at the players on Sunday. Shows that there is still a, a, a level of inexperience there for Doug Gim that he needs to just overcome by continually playing in these events with the best players in the world. Um, on that tricky course at TPC Sawgrass last week, he ranks 14th for strokes gained tee to green. So again, with a weaker field this week, going there as a good ball striker, having had those experiences of being in contention in, in big events, I wouldn't be surprised at a big price if Doug Gim uh, put in a good effort to at least grab us a place and maybe push for his first PGA Tour win. I think you need to look at Doug Gim's final round at Sawgrass in some context because he had a catastrophic early hole. Um, then fought his way back into contention on the back nine, not contention, but you know, back into the frame of, of putting together a really good finish. And then he had a nightmare on 17, which obviously plummeted him down the leaderboard a bit. But if, if you can take heart from another disappointing final round following the Arnold Palmer, I think what you can say is there was some resilience shown in there. I mean, you know, that I think it was a quad that he took early on in the final round and and normally for a young player you would just expect that to finish them and he put together some decent score uh, around the early part of the bat nine couple of birdies got himself I think up to about minus seven again which netted him quite a bit of cash before obviously uh, my memory will serve a treble on on, on the 17th so um, I, I, I sort of look at Doug from the point of saying well I want to concentrate on what he did in between those two disasters rather than concentrate on the fact that it was another high-scoring round. There was some grit there, Sean. Yeah, there were so many positives. Over the last two events, um, you look at some of the ways that he surged through the leaderboard in a positive way, um, making birdies when other players were moving in the opposite direction. And uh, for a player with a lot less experience than some of those players that were in those two events, he really showed his character, I suppose. And having come through... Um, the college system having played with some really great players uh, he's really starting to announce himself now and I, I feel like he's going to be one of those players that we see come through in the next few years now it's obviously taken Doug a little bit of time to settle on the PGA Tour but hopefully he's done that now and you don't win the US Amateur if you're not an exceptional player maybe this will be the week that he can get that breakthrough win It'd be great for us on the Dialed In podcast if he could but let's have your final selection from the Honda Classic Barry yeah, so the same price I've gone for, Cameron Tringali at 55-1. to 1. Uh, He's a player I've been watching for a little while now. He seems to have, without really being spectacular, have been slowly progressing uh, and playing some really good golf. Since his third at the RSM in November, um, he's had some really good finishes, one of which was a seventh at Pebble Beach Pro-Am very recently. Um, before he missed the cut last week at the Players, he actually made eight cuts in a row, which matches his best record in the last five years. So it shows that he's playing some of his better golf that he, that he has done over that period of time. 
Uh, he's got plenty of course experience at PGA National. He's done 10 visits with a best finish of tied 27th last year. Now that shows that, you know, over those 10 visits, he's learning bit by bit as he goes and, and the challenges of playing at PGA National and hopefully will improve on that again this year. In the last six months, he's ranked 32nd for strokes game total, which really highlights that he's very consistent across the board in his game at the moment. Um, when you look at the top 150 players in the world, tied 32nd for a player like Cameron Tringali is uh, quite impressive, I feel. And uh, in this type of field and this type of event, you know, he's, he's another player who's still looking for that first PGA Tour win. And, and why not this week, based on the fact that he has been improving? Well, before I ask you for your banker, Barry, uh, for the Honda Classic, we're just going to move across continents to Nairobi and the magical Kenya Open that is this week's stop on the European Tour. Just one bet for you here, Barry. Who would you be pointing punters in the direction of at the Kenya Open? So if I if I was picking out of my four selections in Kenya this week, my top tip would be Jamie Donaldson at 33 to 1. Um, Jamie Donaldson's an experienced European Tour winner. He had a really good end to 2020, was runner-up in South Africa and third in Cyprus. Um, and then after a bit of a slow start to this season, uh, played really well in Qatar last week. He was tied fifth um, and was in contention all the way through the event. Uh, in Qatar, he was also ranked 11th for driving accuracy, 13th for strokes gained tee to green and 25th for scrambling. And, you know, this course, uh, the Caron Country Club, is really tight, really strategic. You have to be so accurate. Uh, really small greens, and I feel like that is something that will shoot uh, will suit Jamie Donaldson and his experience over the course of his career. Yeah, it would be good to see the 2014 hero of Glen Eagles getting another victory. Well, that's the Kenya Open for us, but back to the Honda Classic. Who is this week's Buzzers banker? Uh, I'm going to take a punt on Chris Kirk this week. I feel like things are just getting there for him. I feel like it's all accumulating to a point where we're going to see the return of Chris Kirk as, as we sort of knew years gone by and I think that um, if he can continue the progress he's been making over the course of recent events and maybe cut out some of the mistakes that we saw towards the weekend at the players he's going to look really good value on Sunday at 40 to 1. Well we've only just scratched the surface there and you can read much more about Barry's tips this week above the Honda Classic and the Magical Kenya Open in his columns on nationalclubgolfer.com. Barry thanks for joining us as always. Thanks Steve. And thank you for joining us and we look forward to seeing you again next week on another episode of Dialed In.